In this episode, I talk with Courtney Cobbs. Courtney is a law of assumption coach and loves assisting her clients in fun and effortless manifestation practices. Along with being a coach, Courtney is also a Reiki master teacher and believes that every individual is a spark of God. When I found your Instagram account, I was so thrilled to find that, like me, you are also a formal, former mental health professional that has shifted into the space of, of transformation. And, and um, yeah, I'd love to start by talking a little bit about how you made that shift. Did you have some like big awakening or was it kind of just like, I don't know, this feels like it works a little bit better for me or what was, what was it like for you? Yeah, I had invested a lot of time watching YouTube videos and consuming content on Instagram of other transformational coaches. And I was just like, I want to do that. And I can't do that. I'm already doing it. So, you know, there's not too, there is a difference between mental health therapy and transformational coaching for sure. But I'm already assisting people with transforming their lives. So why not go down the path that really lights me up and allows me to bring my full self into my work with clients? So did you make the shift quickly or was it sort of this long, drawn out process? I will say it was a long process, Um, just like, when should I do it? When's the right time? Am I going to make enough money to sustain myself? That sort of thing. And so it wasn't an immediate jump into coaching. It was more like, oh, I do coaching on the side outside of my mental health work. And Mm -hmm. then um, I decided to leave my full-time job. And then I took a part-time job. I was still doing coaching, um, but made the bulk of my money in my part-time work. So did you ultimately, I'm just so curious about this because in this way, our journeys are quite similar. Did you ultimately feel like mental health work was sort of like missing something? Looking back on it, yes. And like from where I sit today, I definitely think Um, there's like a missing component. I just think of how different my sessions could have been if I would have felt comfortable enough and was in a space that allowed me to be like, you know, you, you create your own reality, right? Like, (laughs) you know, that you are so freaking powerful and like, yes, the trauma that you experience is very real and we're going to work through that. And at the end of our time together, you are going to feel so empowered to create the life that you really want to live. This isn't about like just resolving your trauma symptoms, but putting you on the path of like, I'm a powerful creator. I can have whatever I want. And this experience doesn't have to hold me back. I don't have to use it as some sort of barrier between me and what I want. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And, you know, honestly, I've, I often wonder how the mental health space would look different if we did say things like that to folks, because I think that people can often get stuck in the the healing phase. It's like, okay, well, I'm just going to spend my life healing from all the shit I've been through. And all the shit that people have been through is, in fact, 
super real and super legitimate and in many cases, deeply, deeply painful. But healing has its time and its place. And then there's more that exists beyond that, which is creating a life that really makes you happy. And we don't, we don't talk about that part in, in mental health spaces. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, we've resolved the trauma. Now you're out on your own. Goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I think that because it's, that is like the feel of it. It's kind of like, I am just this person who used to be traumatized and now I've kind of healed it, but this is all that there is for me. Mm -hmm. And where do I go next? Yeah. Yeah. And I think having some direction and, you know, somebody willing to actually say to you like, Hey, there is more. And here's how you can go about discovering what that more is. I mean, that talk about a paradigm paradigm shift. I mean, that would be the ultimate. I agree. Yeah. And hopefully more places will start to offer that path to people. But at the very least, there are people like you and I and so many others that are out there and saying, hey, like there's so much more to life. And I'm more than happy to guide you through that process of living an intentional life um, that really fills you up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's ultimately why, you know, for folks like us coming out of the limitations of the mental health space and into this, you know, world where I experience literally no limitations, we can teach what we like and and talk about what we like and ultimately empower folks in a whole new way. And, you know, in the age of social media, um, the access is greater than ever. Which I know, I know for you, you've been making, um, you've been really making an impact on, on social media. Do you feel like you're able to effectively help people to transform and to, uh, to co-create a life just through social media? Totally. I get messages every week, like, oh my gosh, your content is helping me so much. I was able to manifest this. I was able to manifest that. Thank you so much for doing what you do. And that was something that I definitely had in mind when I was thinking about making the shift. Like I can impact so many more people through social media. Um, No one has to call up an organization and get on a wait list to see me. Um, Mm -hmm. They're not limited by their schedule. Like if you want to watch one of my videos at 3 a.m., you can do that. Whereas before I wasn't awake at 3 a.m. having sessions with people. Um, So you make a really good point. Social media is so accessible. Yeah. And I can vouch for your work in just such a big way. I mean, when I found your page, I was quite literally so excited because you are doing amazing work. The way that you teach, the way that you use real life analogies and metaphors to explain things. I'm like, oh my God, you are on fire. And I truly mean that. Like the way you describe things, it's so consumable. It's like anybody can pop into what you're saying and be like, huh, that really makes sense actually. And I just, I love that so much about your work. Thank you, Christina. I really appreciate it.
Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So speaking of which, tell us a little bit about kind of um, the basis or basics of what you teach. I know there's a lot of overlap between what you teach and what I teach, but you are specifically such an expert at living in the end. So will you describe a little bit about what that means and and kind of how to engage with with that? Totally. So the basis of my practice comes from Neville Goddard, who was a Christian mystic who taught in like the 1940s through the 1960s. And he taught the law of assumption. And through the law of assumption, it's basically what we assume, what we believe is true, will outpicture itself in our 3D reality. And so he talked a lot about the state of being in the wish fulfilled. So if your goal, if your wish is to have a million dollars, the state of the wish fulfilled is I have a million dollars. That's the state of being that you are in. And so living in the end comes from being in the state of the wish fulfilled. I'm living in my end result. I believe that I have a million dollars. And so I behave like someone who has a million dollars. I think like someone who has a million dollars, so on and so forth. If your desire is to be in a relationship, you don't think like, oh, when am I going to find that person? Do I need to get on Tinder tonight? Should I go to this Zoom speed dating event? No, you believe that you are already in a relationship. When you walk through the world, you feel like I'm in a relationship. And that is living in the end of being in a relationship. And it can apply to so many things. Absolutely right. And it's really that ability to embody a life that you wish to have before you have it that signals the energy of this universe that you are, you're a match for it, that you are, there's no other possibility really except for it to exist in time and space reality because you are so utterly a match for it. You are an energetic match for it. Exactly. And Neville has a quote where he says, if you wear As you wear a feeling, it becomes your nature. And I just love that because how different do we feel when we put on clothing that we really like versus like, oh, I don't really care how I look. I'm in a bad mood. So I'm just going to wear sweatshirt and like um, these sweatpants that I haven't washed in like weeks. (laughs) So as you wear a feeling, as I go through the world wearing the feeling of I am loved, I am in a relationship I always have money. I am taken care of. I am valued. I am appreciated. As I wear that feeling through the world, it will be mirrored and reflected back to me through other people, through my experiences. Because as you said, I am a match for it. Mm -hmm. Right. And everything, all of our results are ultimately an extension of what's happening in our minds and what we are evoking in our feelings, which ultimately our feelings then create our energetic frequency. So these concepts, I mean, one of the really cool things about studying folks like Neville Goddard is that he was able to surmise all of this without the evidence of science. However, now, you know, in in recent decades, there is science to support what folks like him 
intuitively knew for thousands of years, but were called, you know, mystics at that point, or, you know, sometimes words that are far less savory than a word like mystic, right? Like historically folks like this were, you know, in some cases quite literally executed for having outlandish beliefs. But now, you know, in 2021, we literally exist in a time and space where there is science based proof that says, yes, this is actually the case. What Neville Goddard was noting when, what did you say about wishful living? Living in the wish fulfilled. Living in the wish fulfilled. Like ultimately that is about tapping into the quantum field. You know, those words didn't exist, but that's what he was, that's what he was able to detect. I mean, it's just, it's amazing. Yeah, it really is. Because everything that we want already exists. That's why the desire came to you in the first place. If you receive a desire, it is meant for you to have it. And your only job is to embody already having it. If you want the new car, just assume you already have it. No matter how you're getting around, mentally, you can be in that new car. Absolutely. So what do you say to somebody who's like, what do you mean? How can I assume that I have a new car? I don't have a new car. Yeah, right now in this 3D moment, you don't. But the path to getting that car is to believe that you already have it. And you have nothing to lose by assuming that you do have it. Um, And by saying, I don't have it, that's living in the end of not having it. I can just as easily assume that something is mine, just as easily as I can assume that it's not. So I prefer to assume that I have the things that I want, (laughs) because that is the key to getting them. Right. And I love that you point out that there's really nothing to lose here. You know, this is the type of work that the literal worst case scenario is, well, you just don't get that car. However, if you do this work as it's meant to be done, if you truly embody that which you want to become, you will call forth the results that you're looking for, because that is just how this universe is structured. It's how it works. Yeah. It's going from a, I'll believe it when I see it to because I feel it and see it in my internal world, in my internal space, that is how it will um, materialize in the 3D. I have to believe in order to see it as opposed to waiting for the 3D reality to give me something that I don't even believe I can have. Like, as I'm saying it out loud, it doesn't make sense to me. Like, why would, some people like the term the universe, why would the universe give me something that I don't believe I can have? And we have to shift from relying on our um, our 3D senses, what we can see, hear, smell, taste, touch right now in this very moment, and rely more on the internal world. Just like when we were children, When you played house, when you played doctor, you weren't thinking like, oh, I don't have a medical degree. I don't have a teaching degree. I can't be a teacher. You just believed in that moment that you were the teacher, you were the doctor, and that you were really helping people in that moment. So we kind of need to go back to that state of 
being a child again and believing that nothing is off limits for us. Right. Ultimately, using your imagination, a thing that I wish I could remember the numbers on it. It's been a while, but there have been studies done that talk about how much the average adult uses the mental faculty of imagination. And it is so, so, so low. Where on the other hand, when you're a child, you're tapping into that ability potentially every day, multiple times a day. And, you know, there's a reason why kids are joy-filled. And I'd also say that I think adults are using, we're still using imagination, just not in the same ways that we did as a child. I don't necessarily have to imagine that when I go to the grocery store, they're going to have the foods that I want. But we go to the store assuming that this particular store is going to have what we want. You make an assumption when a certain name pops up on your caller ID. We make an assumption um, about different types of people in the world. And so we can change them to work in our favor. I can just assume that I'm always going to have money just as someone imagines or assumes that like at the end of the month, I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills. You can just as easily shift to, I'm always taken care of. My bills are always paid. I'm constantly getting money from different sources. And that will start to work in your favor as you believe it. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, it's funny because even now, as I hear you say something like this, there's the part of my mind that's like, But if I work a nine to five and I know that I only make certain amounts of money, how could this be true? But the fact is the very first time, and I am not making this up, the very first time that I am getting a chill just thinking about it, that I opened myself up to that way of thinking, literally three days later, I got a check for $500 from an old, um, a landlord of mine from two years earlier, apparently (laughs) suddenly found out that I had overpaid something in some way two years earlier and decided to send me a check for $518. And it, I mean, I still have the chills running down my back as I'm talking about it because it was just the most mind blowing moment to me. I'm like, Oh my God, what is this? This is really happening. Like it's, it's something that's so wild. It's almost difficult to put words to because the magic of it, the seeming magic, which really isn't magic at all. It's just that wild. It's that powerful. It can be just that easy. Yeah. So have you had some experiences like what I just described where you have this moment of like, oh my God, how could this really work this well? (laughs) For me, it became really, really real when I manifested my bike. Um, Let's see, June of last year, I started to tell myself, I have an electric bike. I have an electric bike. I own one, blah, blah, blah. And so um, two days after my birthday, my traditional bike had been stolen. And I was super calm about it. And I thought about it later that day. And I was like, yeah, this is just part of the the chain of events that needs to happen in order to bring me my electric bike. Because I can't be out here on a 
traditional bike if mentally in my head I'm on an electric bike. And so um, it was about a month in between my previous bike being stolen and manifesting the electric bike. And during that time, it wasn't the most peaceful time, though. I had my moments of like, oh, my gosh, where am I going to get the money to pay for this bike? And then I would pivot back to like, no, it's already done. It's already taken care of. Don't worry about it. It's all going to work out. And so I ended up um, creating like a GoFundMe and I didn't advertise it very heavily in the beginning. And someone just like randomly gave me a hundred dollars for it. And this was like two days after I went to test ride the electric bikes and I picked out the one I wanted. And so after that initial hundred dollars, I was just like, I'm going to go for it. I'm just going to advertise on my social media account where I talk about biking and literally I posted it around like 9 a.m. And by 1 p.m. I had already met my goal, which was around uh, maybe thirty five hundred dollars. And I exceeded my goal, actually. Wow. And that's for a bike. I have seen GoFundMes sit for weeks and it's about, you know, somebody's cancer treatment and people are, you know, the money's only just trickling in. It's, I mean, that's amazing. That's just amazing. Yeah. So whoever stole my bike, thank you. Um, You helped me get a much better one. And through this manifestation, so many others have come about people like different brands messaging me like, Hey, we want to send you some biking gear in exchange for payment and you posting on your account and people wanting to interview me and all sorts of things. So I truly believe that that bike was meant to be mine. Like it was just meant to be. And your point about, you know, the bike, your old bike, the non-electric bike getting stolen. I think it's such an important one too, because sometimes when folks are new to this work, they're kind of dabbling in it. When something goes wrong, it's like, well, screw it. I guess I'm not doing it right. Or I guess this isn't real. I guess it doesn't really work. However, the belief that this is just what it looks like as this, this is coming together, as I am calling forth what I desire. This is just what it looks like. And sometimes for a minute or two, it might look like something's going wrong. But those are key moments because you have to stay in trust. You have to stay connected to your sense of knowing that it's all coming together. Exactly. One of my core beliefs, I don't even have to affirm it anymore, is just everything is unfolding perfectly for me. Everything. When I went to Costa Rica a few years ago, some things happened with my travel plans and um, I was super stressed out about being able to make my flight. I was about six hours away from the airport and, um, you know, it wasn't looking good that I was going to catch a bus to the airport. I did. But the time between like getting there and making my flight was just inching closer and closer. So long story short, I'm chanting through through the ride. Everything is unfolding perfectly. Everything's unfolding perfectly. I make it to the airport about 30 minutes before my flight is scheduled to take off. I had enough time to get my favorite brand of chocolate that I love in Costa Rica. And I was the very last person to board the flight. Wow. 
I don't think that would have happened in America, making it to the airport 30 minutes before your flight. Like, it could, depending on where you're flying out of, but that was just, like, unreal. And also, um, during that time where I was stressing, I saw a, a phrase in Spanish, and it was like, God is with you in every moment. And I was like, okay, okay, you can chill out a little bit. I was still worried, but I was just like, hmm, okay, I needed to see that. I needed mm-hmm. to see that. Mm-hmm. Do you take that as like a sign? Ultimately, that totally. all that, yeah, yeah. What are your thoughts overall about receiving signs from the universe as as you work with with this way of of moving through the world with this way of thinking? Yeah, they don't excite me as much as they used to like I don't see 11 11 444 always it's like oh my gosh this means you know my manifestation is on the way to me it's just like that's really cool I'm in alignment on some sort of level you can kind of relax a little bit I don't need to look up angel numbers anymore Mm -hmm. um but I do think it's cool when little synchronistic events happen like you might think you're running quote unquote late but then you go somewhere and you see someone you haven't seen in a few weeks. And it's like, oh, if I hadn't come to the store at this exact time, I would have missed that interaction or I wouldn't have heard this. I wouldn't have seen this. So um, ultimately, I believe that we're always supported in every single moment. And even when we believe that things are not going our way, we are being supported in that belief. The universe just gives you whatever you believe. So if you believe that life sucks and nothing ever goes your way, the universe is like, okay, well, we have no choice but to support you in that. So that's why I encourage people to just believe that everything's working out perfectly Mm -hmm. because you will see evidence of that if you believe that. Yeah, that's such a good point. You know, the universe doesn't, Mm -hmm. isn't punishing anybody. There's no... There's no, some people are more worthy of good things than others. It's just the universe does not know. The energy of the universe does not know what to do except to give you more energy that looks like the energy that you put out because that's just how it works. Energy gathers around like energy. So it's not, there's nothing personal. There's nothing happening against or for anybody. It's just what energy are you putting out? Here's some more of that. Here's some more of that. What character are you playing? What role are you playing? Because the role that you give yourself and the role that you give other people is what they will play out. If you believe that everyone, you know, values you and respects you, you're just increasing the chances that you're going to meet people who respect and value you. If I walk through the world feeling like I am beautiful and that I'm magnetic or if I just walk through the world believing that I attract fun, amazing opportunities everywhere I go, then that's what I'm going to get. Mm-hmm. So choose your role and stick to the script. That's something that I tell my clients. Like if you have decided that this is the thing or the person that you want to manifest, you have to stick to the script. Just like the actors do on screen, they might mess up a few times, but they know that the script that the director gave me is what I need to stick to. And I can't be thrown off by the things that the extras are doing or my co-star may be doing. I have to stick to my specific script. Absolutely. And what's so really fun about that is 
in this case, sticking to the script feels really quite good. You know, the other day I, for a hot minute, slipped into stress and I was like, how am I going to get it all done? And this isn't right. And this is, I'm going to have to cancel. And, you know, I was just like doing all of this, like crazy stuff in my mind. And then I caught myself and it was like, oh my God, of course, if I come from this energy, I will have to cancel. I won't get it all done. It's not going to come together. I need to go back to the energy of trusting that it's all coming together in perfect timing. And from that energy, I know that it will be done. And as soon as I made that shift, of course, I immediately felt better because I stopped allowing myself to exist in that space of stress, which of course doesn't feel very good, even though sometimes if it's familiar enough, like so many of us have memorized stress to the point that it can be almost addictive. Mm -hmm. Even beyond that, there is something so much better about trusting in the process. There's something so much better about saying, I'm just going to flow with this because it feels better to flow than it does to force and push and worry and stress. And it's like, this ends up being a whole formula for navigating a day, even for navigating a moment. And that's what it's really all about. It's not necessarily about what you get as much as how it feels to be you. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I Just living in the wish fulfilled. Like I would much rather, even if someone called me delusional, and sometimes you might feel delusional in the beginning, Mm-hmm. Believing that you have the money, believing that you have the partner, believing that you already have the job. But for me, it takes a load off of my back versus believing that I have to do all these things in order to manifest whatever it is that I want. I just sit back and I'm like, this is what I've decided. I've decided that I'm the person who has this. I'm the person who has this kind of life experience. And it is my job to stick to that script. And to see everything that happens in my life as a supportive event, like no matter what it is, everything is bringing me closer to my desires or to my end result. Even if at the level of fact, it might seem quote unquote negative. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's just perception. At the beginning, did you find that that was quite hard to do? Like, you know, when your bike got stolen, like, let's say that was the very beginning of you working with this, where was it challenging for you to stay in that trust? I know the the bike thing wasn't, um, wasn't the very beginning, but like just stuff like that occurring for you, something that wasn't um, aligned seemingly, um, was that faith hard to maintain? At times, um, there were moments where I was like riding um, these really heavy bike share bikes that we have here in Chicago. But mentally I was like, I'm on my electric bike. Isn't it wonderful that I have an electric bike? I would come home drenched in sweat and I would be frustrated and I would get in the shower and the shower would relax me. And then I'd sit on my couch and imagine myself riding off from the bike shop. Or just telling myself, like, the bike is already downstairs. It's locked up. It's safe and secure. Or, like, it's already done. I understand you're frustrated and you were sweaty today and it wasn't the best experience. But, like, pretty soon you're going to have that electric bike. So just chill out. 
<laughs> but it's also okay that you're frustrated right now. It's okay. And then as you go, the faith grows. It stays, it becomes easier to stay in that trust and that faith. Yeah. So that's why I encourage people to really just test it out, test the law of assumption out with small things, because the more that you see evidence of your own power, the more that you believe it. So I wouldn't necessarily encourage someone who's starting out to try to manifest a million dollars. I'm not saying you won't be successful, but start out with things that feel achievable and believable to you where you are, and then just start taking it up a notch and taking it up another notch. What about somebody who really has up until now been so deeply connected to struggle that Mm. their predominant ways of moving through the world are really, of course, like a match for that. How do you recommend that somebody in that position get going? I would go back to everything is unfolding perfectly for me. So like, no matter what I see, just believing that it's all going to work out in the end. Because I think for someone that is in that place, telling them to affirm like, my life is perfect they're going to have a really hard time with that. But if you can connect to at the end of all this that I'm seeing, it's going to all work out. I think that's doable and believable for a lot of people that no matter what I'm seeing, everything is unfolding perfectly for me. Everything's unfolding for me to get the apartment. Everything's unfolding perfectly for me to get the job. Everything's unfolding perfectly for my health to turn around, whatever it may be. And then from there, allowing for a building to happen, building of belief to occur. Exactly. Yeah. So like, okay, now that I see, now that I see that I can do this, what's the next best thing? What's the next biggest thing? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So in terms of kind of like the same uh, the same type of, of situation, somebody who's been really more connected to struggle than to, um, to feeling good. Are there other things that you recommend for them to begin shifting how they feel, um, just like on a moment to moment basis? I am a really big fan of music. Music helps me to shift how I feel. I have a playlist for just about everything. I have a playlist for cleaning my apartment I have a playlist for feeling like I'm a confident person who can do anything. I have a playlist for feeling sexy. And so just putting that on and tapping into that character, I believe, can be really powerful. I think no matter if you're listening to this podcast, you have access to the Internet. So you can get on YouTube. Maybe you can get on Spotify and just create some sort of playlist to lift your mood. I'm also a big fan of dancing, getting your body moving. I'm a big fan of taking a bath or taking a shower to kind of shift your energy. Um, It can be four o'clock in the afternoon. And if I feel like I need an energy shift, I'm not opposed to hopping in the shower because I immediately feel like a brand new person. Mm -hmm. So tapping into some simple things that will help you to just simply feel better. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
What is um, sort of the quickest transformation that you've seen somebody undergo? Is it, you know, months? Is it years? What What's kind of the average? If, if you know, I'm just curious for the folks that you work with. Hmm. I'm trying to think of someone. Ah, so... Um, There's someone that I'm working with in terms of a specific person or like manifesting a relationship. And to be fair, this person was pretty confident when they came to me and they were just coming to me for sort of like a tune up. Am I doing this right? Um, That sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And like in under a month, just seeing changes in her relationship with this person and like going from like, mm, is this really working to like, I know that I'm doing this. I know that I'm creating this. I have nothing to worry about. Um, and just like, thank you so much for believing in me. Mm. It's different for everyone. I would say the biggest stumbling block that I see for people is just believing that it has to be this long drawn out process and frequently just questioning things like, am I doing this right? Are you sure? Um, and I find that confidence is really key. Just believing that I am doing it right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Something that I find again and again is that at the beginning, there is such a pull to the familiar, such a pull to, well, it's always gone like this for me in the past. So why would it be different now? And I think it can be time consuming only because of that, only because people get stuck in that. But to your point with a client who already sort of like knows how to transcend that, results can can happen so, so, so quickly in ways that, you know, even now to me seem unexpected. It's like, oh, huh, look at you go. You just you just called that forth and, you know, just a matter of weeks or or, you know in some cases, days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So not being so tied to the past and not being so tied to what it is that we can physically see, hear, feel, taste, touch in front of us right now. And just, I tend to see imagination as like a preview. Whatever I imagine, I will see it play out at some point in my life. And if you want to speed up how soon you'll see it, I I don't think there's anything wrong with imagining it multiple times or affirming like, yeah, I already have it. It already happened. This is guaranteed. It's a done deal. Um, As opposed to like you imagine it once and you're like, where is it? Why hasn't it happened yet? Am I doing it right? Did I visualize? Okay. What am I missing? Blah, blah, blah. And just like, you know, imagining once, let it go or you can imagine it multiple times with the knowing that whatever I imagine, I will see it happen at some point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And to your point about just imagining it once, I think for some folks that can seem confusing, how can imagining it once do anything? But it actually has so much power because like you said earlier, but just by thinking it up, just by dreaming it up that one time, it's proof of it already existing as a possibility. Mm -hmm. And that is super powerful. 
you've planted the seed and you can water it every day with your faith. Like it's done. I imagine it once. I don't have to do this again. I know that it's going to happen. My job today is to enjoy today, be connected to my intuition today, um, be grateful, do my best with the knowing that all is well and everything that I have imagined is already mine. Mm-hmm. It's already And for somebody who would like to do that imagining repeatedly, what do you recommend kind of as like a process for engaging with imagination? I like to be natural about it. Um, If it comes up in your mind, feel free to go there, like create a scene in your mind. Um, To me, the key to to successful imagination is to imagine that it's already done. I had someone message me about um, imagining pregnancy, like how you would go about that. And I was like, you can imagine multiple things. You can imagine your baby shower. You can imagine going to the doctor and then touching your belly. But for me, I would go to the end, which is I would imagine carrying the baby home from the hospital. Because that implies that you had a successful pregnancy, which resulted in a healthy baby. Unfortunately, things like miscarriage happen. And so I think it's it's fine to like imagine the baby shower and all those things. But I think you can go a step further and just like imagine taking the baby home. So if there's something that you want, imagine a step outside of already receiving it. If you've already received the million dollars, what implies that you have already received it? If you want the new job, see yourself at the desk, see yourself at home doing the work, see yourself getting the email from your boss. Oh my gosh, I'm so glad that you've been a part of the team for a month now and you've just really turned things around for us. I'm so glad that we hired you here at so-and-so. Um, does that make sense? I think that makes perfect sense. And the only question that I think people um, might wonder about is, you know, is this kind of like for for you a, more of a meditative process? Are you like intentionally closing your eyes and letting things flow through you? Or is this just um, happening as you're doing other things? Like, what does it look like at the level of, um, yeah, what you're actually doing? Yeah, it's a little bit of both. So if you want a new home, just closing your eyes for a few seconds and say you're on Zillow. Is that the one that a lot of people use Zillow to look at homes? Yeah. So so you're on Zillow, you see the house that you want. Maybe you click on the picture of the kitchen. All right, that's a good moment to close your eyes and just see yourself in that kitchen. And it doesn't even have to involve closing your eyes. It can just be like, that is my kitchen boom and just I I'm so happy that I'm gonna be cooking there soon yes I'm so happy that that is my new backyard yes um I I don't see things when I imagine I just pretend or imagine that I can imagine seeing things um and it's it's worked for me I've imagined hearing my best friend's voice congratulating me on something and it's happened so you don't really have to see or hear just closing your eyes and tapping into like mm, how would that feel 
if I, if that happened, I tend to focus more on the feelings. Yes. That's so, so, and so important because ultimately it's that feeling that makes it real to our bodies. And once it's real to our body, then it's a part of our energetic signature, if you will. And that is the stuff that the the energy of this entire universe can respond to. So that feeling state is just so important. Yeah, I agree. Um, Neville has a brief book called Feeling is the Secret. And Mm. it's a book that I highly recommend. And a lot of people confuse feeling with emotion. I know I did that initially. And really, it's just like kind of going back to what I talked about earlier feeling like you are the person who was in a relationship, feeling like you are the person who has a lot of money, you don't necessarily have to connect an emotion to having money. You can just feel within yourself confident, calm, secure, or whatever it is when it comes to money or whatever it may be. It doesn't necessarily have to be an emotion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because right. I think people can like easily uh, differentiate between feeling single and feeling like being in a relationship. There's a feeling of being broke and scared and worried. And there's a feeling of, no, it's taken care of. There's a feeling of like being unwell. And there's a feeling of health. Even if right now you are feeling unwell, you can still tap into the possibility of feeling well, feeling healthy, feeling as if um, you no longer have this certain condition or whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. Right. And just like asking yourself questions that help you tap into that. What would it feel like to to be healthy in this moment? What would it feel like to have a million dollars in this moment? But asking Mm -hmm. your, I, 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 this has been true for me, at least asking myself a particular type of question just to help me connect a little bit better, but not being afraid to do that, to really pose a question to yourself purposely that will help you get into a particular state. Totally. Yeah. Like what do I want my relationship to feel like? What do I want to feel like when I go into work? What kind of work lights me up? What, what kind of opportunities do I want? Because opportunities can come to you, but are they the ones that you want? So getting specific and clear on that. There's nothing wrong with writing it down and coming back to it just to remind yourself that like, no, I am the type of person who who has this or who will have this. And these are the things. So what is the number one piece of advice or guidance that you give to the folks that you work with? The thing that I find myself coming back to and reminding my clients of is to just live in the end, stick to the script. Um, I had one client that is in the process of manifesting um, a relationship with someone in particular and they would often message me in a state of crisis, like, what do I do? What do I do? They did this. They said that. And I'm like, we stick to the script. You don't allow anything that's happening in the 3D to throw you off or make you doubt that you're going to get what you want. The key is to live in the end. If something's not meeting the end, then it's not the end for you. 
So you don't give up. You don't react. You just stick to the script. Stick to your end result. I love that so much. If it doesn't look like the end, it's not the end. Yeah. Kind of like when you go to a restaurant and you know that you ordered this particular dish and they bring you something that is opposite of that. You don't have to scream and yell. You don't have to look to anyone else to be like, what do I do? You just kindly let them know, like, this is not what I ordered. And you have faith and confidence that you're going to get the thing that you ordered. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for coming on and, and just agreeing to have this talk with me. I think that there is so much value for people in learning about these concepts. And like I said, I think you just teach them so beautifully. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you for having me, Christina. It was my pleasure. And tell us where we can find you. What are the best ways to, um, to follow you, to learn about your work and what you're up to? Yeah. Instagram is the place for me. So if you resonated with what I shared, you can find me on Instagram at Courtney Coaches, C-O-U-R-T-N-E-Y underscore C-O-A-C-H-E-S, Courtney underscore coaches on Instagram. Awesome. And I will have that added to the episode notes as well so that people can find you even more easily. Thank you. This is the Your New Frequency podcast with Christina Furia. If you've liked what you heard so far, I would be so grateful if you would press subscribe and also go ahead and leave me a review. Thank you so much and check back next week for episode four.